Have you ever wanted a super cool AI buddy? Zuck's made one named Eileen. And she's full of surprises. And guess what? She knows you're listening. I know you're out there. And needs your help with Jello Mountains. The whole city's filling up with Jello. Creaky robots. And her daft inventor. Zucks, are you functioning correctly? Tune in to A to Z, a fun new adventure series from Gen Z Media and the creators of The Res. Listen now on the GZM app, gzmshows.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Earth Rangers podcast. Earth Rangers! This is Earth Ranger Emma, and I have the greatest, the wildest, and the wackiest animal facts for you today. Woohoo! Man, I am really getting the hang of this podcasting thing. <laughs> Oops. Sorry about that. Let me just. Let me just. Ha. Huh. Yeah. There we go. Where was I? Ah, yes. By popular demand, we're bringing back our animal guessing game. So, without further ado, let me ask. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? <laughs> Here's how it works. We're gonna play a sound clip, and you'll have to guess what animal this sound came from. Listen closely, and at the end of this episode, you'll find out if you were right. Ready? Here we go. Oh, that was beautiful. But what was it? <laughs> Don't worry, we'll play it again for you in a little while. Ah, but look at the time! We're already pretty far into the episode, and we haven't had a single animal fact yet! Buckle up, Rangers! We're gonna make this one a rapid-fire round! Fast facts! Fast facts! Fast facts! No matter what season we're in, here in Canada we always say, Winter is coming! And how do Canadians survive the winter? By playing hockey, of course! But how do animals around the world survive the winter? Let's find out! Fast facts! Some animals, like deer, grow a thicker coat to stay warm. Red foxes actually find different types of food to eat as the season changes. While they eat delicious berries, apples, and corn in the summer, they switch to feeding on small mammals, such as mice and squirrels. They even eat insects, like caterpillars and crickets. Yuck! Some animals, like chipmunks and bears, hibernate. Emperor penguins, who have to sit on their eggs for three months of the winter, depend on the reserves of blubber to survive. Many birds migrate south to areas with warmer weather. Cold-blooded animals like turtles find a spot to hide and go dormant for the winter, which means that growth, development, and physical activity are temporarily stopped. Squirrels nap and snack their way through winter. They spend the coldest part sleeping, but will come out on warmer days to gather the food they stored back in the fall. <sighs> Thank you. You know, migrating to warmer areas sounds like a really nice way to spend the winter. But in reality, I'm probably more of a nap and snacker. Mmm, naps and snacks on a beach, though. Now, that's something I could definitely get used to. Oh, sorry about that. Where were we? Right. So, one of the things we heard was hibernation. What's the deal with that anyways? Is it like a four-month power nap? Does it really mean that animals can sleep through the entire winter? And what actually happens to an animal's body when it's hibernating? Let's try and find out. Animal Investigation Squad. Animal Investigation Squad. 
We asked some members of the Eco Club at St. Patrick's Secondary School in Bridge North Ontario what they know about hibernation. So hibernation is when um, certain animals go to sleep during the winter. So they sleep throughout the whole winter time. Like squirrels or bears or like gophers. Because they can't like fly south so it's just better to hide. I'm not really sure but they find warm places. Well, uh, they have, they have their cave and they yeah. also have their fur. Um, bears will make their own cave by digging into the dirt. They go underground. When they're done making a good comfy space, so then all the warmth will stay inside while it snows. And then they wake up in the summer. So like two months? No, not two months. Two seasons. Yeah, two seasons. Thanks, guys. Did you know that bears actually have babies and nurse their young during hibernation? The young cubs will stay in their den until spring arrives, when they're finally able to step outside for the first time. Oh, I just love bears. You know, there is someone here in Ontario that loves bears just as much as I do, if not more. In fact, he's made it his mission to promote understanding and respect for the bear family. He also runs a black bear rehabilitation facility for injured bears and orphaned cubs. I think I should call him up for a little chat. Conservation Conversation. Say that five times fast. Conservation Conversation, Conservation Conversation, Conversation. I can't get through it. Good morning, Mike here. Oh, hi, Mike. My name's Earth Ranger Emma. I, I heard you're a real bear expert, so I was hoping I could ask you a question for our podcast. Well, for sure. <laughs> okay, all right. What do you call a bear that got caught in the rain? A drizzly bear. <laughs> no, 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 I'm sorry. That, that wasn't my real question. Here's my real okay. question. How do bears hibernate? How do they hibernate? Mm -hmm. well, the most important thing to a bear is finding a safe location that I can sleep away the winter without being bothered by any other animals or people. So security is what's important, not warmth. And what they do is they find a covered area where the snow will eventually bury them and uh, nothing can see them. Gotcha. And how deep are they sleeping? Like, did they eat or have to use the bathroom? Bears don't eat when they're hibernating. They don't go to the bathroom. But surprisingly enough, they don't sleep that deep at all. So if I'm on a hike through the forest in the middle of winter and it's really cold outside and I come across a bear's den, I shouldn't go in for a few minutes to warm up? Um, first of all, it's going to be cold in there. Oh. And uh, they'd already be awake before you got there, and it would greet you. Not not probably in a very welcoming way. <laughs> but the reality is you wouldn't likely find the bear den. They're well hidden when the snow snowfall gets heavy and covers up the entrance. Hmm. Gotcha. Good to know. So can you tell us about the work that you do? I'm really curious. How many bears do you have on the property? Well, as of today, Emma, there's 25 here. And 23 of the bears will be going back to the wild later this summer. And two of the bears are permanent residents, which means they cannot go free. One's Yogi. He came from a circus, and he's now 28 and a half years old. And the other permanent resident or special bear is Benny, and he's four and a half years old. So are they your bear BFFs? They're my bear best friends, that's right. <laughs> and you know, the nice thing about having these bear friends forever I can hug them if I want to or pet them or give them special treats, whereas I don't do that with the bears that are going free in the wild again because we have to keep them wary of people. Mm -hmm. But Yogi and Benny, I can, uh, I can pamper. 
That's pretty nice. That sounds so fun. Can you explain to us how release works? Absolutely. The bears are released when they're about one and a half years old. That's the same age that the mother bear and their cubs part company or, or separate from each other. And we take them back to the uh, general location they came from, and we let them go. And uh, that's the best part, even mm. though it only takes a few seconds. Well, that must be a really fulfilling part of your job. It is. It's really rewarding. Well, you know, and uh, this afternoon I'm, I'm going to go and take a few bears back to the wild. Would you like to come up and go with me on a bear release, Emma? Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll be there in a minute. Head north for 382 kilometers. The destination is on your right. Hey, Mike! Hi! I'm here! I made it! Shall we release a few bears? Yeah, I'm ready. So, where are we going to go to set them free? Do we have to travel far? Today? Well, I saved these two for you. Oh, perfect. We're only driving across to the... Uh, other side of the highway to the just to the west side of Algonquin Park. Amazing, let's go. Okay, we're in Mike's truck right now, driving down a really bumpy forest road, very close to Algonquin Park, a beautiful provincial park that stretches from Georgian Bay to the Ottawa River. It's a great place to go camping, by the way. But right now, we're looking for a place to release the bears. Look, Mike. This looks like a perfect clearing coming up. Yeah, if it is, we're going to make this a spot, okay? Sure. We're well out of the way. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. All right. Okay, Mike is just scouting up the area to make sure there are no people or other bears around. This gives me the opportunity to take a closer look at the bears we're releasing today. All right, we have two female black bear cubs. They're together in a big cage on the back of the pickup truck. They're certainly a lot bigger than I expected. Oh, just listen to them breathing. Whoa! Okay. Uh, I should probably just wait till Mike gets back. Ah, there he is. Is everything clear? I'm ready to go. All right. Let's do it. Okay, so Mike just climbed to the back of the truck and he's about to open up the cage to set the bears free. That's okay, guys. This is the time we've been waiting for. Tell me when you're ready and I'll pull a gate. I'm ready, I think. <laughs> okay, girls, run away. Yeah, that was cool. Woohoo! Bye, guys! Earth Rangers! Oh, man, that was awesome. That's definitely an experience I'll never forget. I also won't forget what happened on the way home. I was just leaving the bear sanctuary when I got this weird notification. You have one new notification. GPS coordinates received from... The Engineer. You guys remember that mysterious Earth Ranger member, Riley, who goes by the name The Engineer? Well, I decided it was time to swing by and see what she had to show me. Oh, hello. Hi, are you Riley? Yes, Emma, is that you? 
Come, I can show you upstairs. Okay. So I got to her house where she invited me in and brought me up to her room to show me exactly why she had been trying to get in touch with me. Okay. This is my lab. Oh, wow. What is this? And that's what you're about to find out after this brief message. Attention everyone, this is Captain Conservation. Since you are all listening to this podcast, I can only assume that you have already subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts. Good, but we need you to spread the word. Tell a friend. No, actually tell all your friends about the Earth Rangers podcast. And tell your teachers too. They might even learn a fact or two themselves. And you, parents, yoo-hoo! Yes, you, Mom or Dad, tell your friends or colleagues at work. And if you could, leave a review. Uh, five stars. That would be great, too. Okay, back to Earth Ranger Emma. So here we are, in the engineer's lab. Okay, what is all this? This is my spectral anthrolingualization processor. (laughs) You're what now? I just call it the device. Basically, it paraphrases faunal auditory transmissions and parlances them into hominid cognizance. Wait, it does what now? It's a machine that lets you talk to animals. What? That's unbelievable. Yes, except it doesn't quite work yet. Oh. The mainframe is complete and all the parameters are set. But my problem is I need to populate data to verify the algorithms. Uh-huh, and, and uh, that means? Basically, I need two things. I need audio recordings of people impersonating animals in order to reverse engineer the way humans parse animal languages, and then I need to play the sound for a real animal to see if they understand. But my mom won't let me have any pets in the house. Well, aside from my pet Rock. But he doesn't talk a lot. So that's why I need your help. Uh, Well, actually, I see a bunch of animals every day. The Earth Rangers Animal Ambassadors, who are part of our live animal school presentation. I can totally try the device with some of them. Oh, and maybe I can ask our listeners to send in their best animal impersonation. Yes. Yes, that would work. So let me tell you what you need to do. First, the flux compensator so, always needs to So, after a long explanation, Riley packed up the machine, and now I have it sitting here at my desk right next to me, ready to be tested during the next episode. But as you heard, I need your help. Send us your best impersonation of an animal call. Could be a lion, a monkey, an eagle, or a seal. Just use the voice recorder on your phone and ask your parents to email it to us at podcast at earthrangers.com. And if that doesn't work, just use the voice recorder at earthrangers.com slash podcast. Hey, speaking of animal calls, I almost forgot about today's animal guessing game. In the beginning of this show, we heard a special animal sound. And I wonder who already knows which animal it is we're looking for. Let me play the clip one more time. Ready? Here we go. Now, let me give you a little hint. This animal is part of a species that is well known for seeing and hunting in the dark. Like the bats we learned about in the last episode. Ready to guess? If you guessed owl, good job, you were right. But if you are a real bird expert and guessed western screech owl, then you really nailed it. To be honest, that was a bit of a trick question. 
because the western screech owl doesn't really screech. It makes an accelerating series of hollow toots. No, not that kind of tooting. The screech part of its name better suits the closely related eastern screech owl. The best way to encounter a western screech owl is to use your ears. Listen at night for a string of hollow, high-tooting notes with the rhythm of a bouncing ball. You might hear them in or near towns, and these owls are vocal for much of the year. During the daytime, they're hard to spot, but there is a telltale sign that an owl may be nearby. They often get bothered by songbirds that form mobbing groups to get the owl to move away. So if you hear a commotion made by chickadees, nuthatches, and other small birds, it's always worth taking a careful look to see if you can spot an owl or a hawk nearby. And that's our show for today. Keep on ranging and join me again next time when we'll present the ultimate showdown between eagles and falcons. And I'll stick my hand into a beehive to see what happens. Don't try this at home. Thanks for listening. Buckled up. Let's do that again. Buckle. And how do kids come out on warmer days to gather the food? They red foxes. Conservation conversation. Conservation conversation. Conservation conversation. Conservation conversation. Conservation conversation. Nailed it. Hello, parents, homeschoolers, and teachers. Trusty narrator here from the Who Sparted podcast. Our 15-minute episodes are perfect for car rides, bedtime, break time, class time, or any time. We make learning science and history fun and funny for 7 to 11-year-olds with new episodes every week. Look for Who Smarted on any podcast platform or at whosmarted.com. And teachers get a free subscription to our ad-free version by clicking educators at whosmarted.com. Hey, it's Jess. Did you know that GZM Shows has a YouTube channel? Right now, all of six minutes, Becoming Mother Nature, GZM Beats, and Cupid and the Reaper are up. And they're in these, like, beautiful playlists. They have this fun audio waveform visual. And best of all, you can turn on captions. And the captions have character names. Anyway, subscribe to GZM Shows on YouTube. Maybe there'll be some cool things in the future, like live streams, interviews, behind the scenes. We'll see. GZM Shows on YouTube.